So as you heard, our sermon text for today comes from Mark chapter 6, verses 35 through 44. By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he, Jesus, answered, You give them something to eat. They said to him, That would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Amen. My brother loved playing soccer in high school. But during the very first game of his sophomore season, he suffered a serious injury. It happened when he was dribbling the ball around midfield. An opposing player came up from behind him and slide tackled him from behind. He flipped over, landed right on his shoulder, broken collarbone, out for the season. Now my brother couldn't do that thing that he loved at least not for the time being. He just had to sit and wait. Wait on the sidelines and watch and wonder why he was put into this situation. Can you think of a time when you were in a place like that? Think of financial struggles or of health in question. A time when you may have asked the question like the disciples today, Why would God put me in a situation like this? No matter the situation, this account from Mark of the feeding of the 5,000 gives us confidence that God always has our best interest in mind, especially when it comes to our eternal interest in heaven. The account of the feeding of the 5,000 shows that Jesus feeds our faltering faith by testing our trust and by meeting our needs. So put yourselves in the disciples' sandals for just a few minutes with me. You've you've returned from this mission trip that Jesus sent you out to do, casting out demons and healing many sick people. You tell Jesus about all these amazing, amazing things that you've done, and he says to you, come, let's go find a place to rest. So you're thinking, Jesus, you always know exactly what I need. So you go with him on foot on a day-long journey, 
and then by boat you finish up getting close to your destination. But right before you reach your destination, you notice on shore a crowd of people. Now on top of your own fatigue and hunger from, from traveling and all your hard work, there's a crowd of people also fatigued and hungry. This is a problem. What would you do? Before you answer that question, let's look at what the disciples did. They start by assessing the situation and they inform Jesus. They say, this is a remote place and it's already very late. And so they suggest a solution. Send the people away to find their own food. But Jesus does not like that solution. He fires it right back at them. You find them something to eat. And at these words of Jesus, the disciples are exasperated and dumbfounded. Jesus, sometimes you just don't get it. You don't always understand what we need. How are we to provide a crowd of this size with food? We can't do it. It's impossible. Can you identify yourself with the disciples in this situation? Perhaps you already have. After all, we don't need to put ourselves in the disciples' sandals to know what it means to be tested by Jesus or to know what it means to lack something or to feel exasperated or dumbfounded at what we perceive God's will to be in our lives. We also don't need to put ourselves in the disciples' sandals to know that we like the disciples, have failed that test. We know perfectly well the times when we refuse to admit that we can't provide for ourselves, that what we possess is not entirely of our own merit. We don't need to picture ourselves as the disciples in order to remember that we have failed that test. That fact is all too vivid for us as we live out our lives. When our funds become less than our bills, we may begin to look to any source but God as a source of aid. When our health is in question, we may begin to ask questions to the only creator and preserver of life. When it feels like there's no time to accomplish what we desire, we may forget that God has given us a period of grace in this life. Like the disciples, we have failed the test. But one place where it does do us good to keep ourselves in the disciples' sandals is when we see that Jesus seeks to grow our faith by testing that trust. You see, Jesus never left the conversation with his disciples. Even when they failed to look to him as the solution, Jesus kept testing them. And even when they failed that test, Jesus took matters into his own hands. Watch what Jesus does. He takes charge by reassessing the situation, and then he asks them how many loaves they had. He directs them to sit in groups, and then Quite literally, taking matters into his own hands, he takes the bread and the fish, 
and points them to the solution that they were missing the whole time. Listen to what Mark says. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Jesus pointed them to heaven, to his Father, the only source of all good things. And then he proves that very fact, that God is the only source of all good things. He proves it by breaking the bread and breaking more bread and more bread and more bread until he feeds over 5,000 people. And did you know there's, there's leftovers? Jesus feeds the stomachs of the people, but he also feeds their faith by showing that he is God, that only source of all good things. Can you imagine being a disciple of Jesus now? Can you imagine Jesus before you looking up into heaven and thanking his Father? Or can you imagine him before you asking, how many fish do you have? Go and see. Or even, cast all your anxieties on me. This account gives us the confidence to say, yes, I can picture that. But even more so, that that is reality for us. Jesus provides for all of our needs and more. Even when we fail the test that God provides us, Jesus still meets our needs. In fact, it has nothing to do with whether or not we have passed a test. Jesus provides for all our needs because it is his good and perfect will. And he promises to do this for us both physically and spiritually. Jesus provides for our needs physically by providing our daily bread. Matthew 6, verse 26 says, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? When our funds become less than our bills, God's promise still stands. He says, I will provide for you. When our health is in question, or even beyond repair, God's promises are clear. I will, I will command my angels concerning you so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus not only promises to provide for our earthly needs, but he provides for our spiritual needs as well. On the cross at Calvary, Jesus again would look up into heaven, but this time instead of thanking his Father, he would cry out in an anguished voice, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? On the cross, Jesus experienced the full absence of God's presence and provision. In our place, willingly, Jesus did this so that you and I would never have to experience the absence of God's presence and provision. By his perfect life, his suffering and death, Jesus won for us, and then by his resurrection proved for us that we have the eternal preservation and perfection of life in heaven with God. And so now, he still feeds our souls by giving us his word, and he grows our faith 
by providing all that we need physically and spiritually. And he promises to do this until we reach that perfect life in heaven. One more time, imagine yourselves in the place of the disciples. As you carry away one of the 12 basketfuls of leftover bread or fish, what are you thinking about? Does what just happened change the way that you live? Does what you just saw change the way that you trust God? Do you now understand maybe why Jesus has put you in this situation? That same Jesus who tests our trust but always meets our needs has given us his promises and has given us a clear message in the account of the feeding of the 5,000 today. We can all say with confidence that Jesus feeds my faith even when I falter. He provides for all of my needs and he grows my faith by testing my trust and he proves himself worthy of testing that trust by providing for all of our needs. Amen. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work with us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen.